interesting. Yeah, that in itself is self-sustaining. It really mm-hmm. yeah, it keeps mm-hmm. your energy up. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today, Joe is interviewing Ursula York. Ursula was introduced to us by Susan Stutzel of show number 226. Ursula is a business coach, speaker and podcaster who shows women leaders how to turn their businesses into profitable agents for lasting change, global impact and a force for good in the world. Find Ursula at workalchemy.com along with free resources for you and your business. Listen to her popular podcast, Work Alchemy. The impact interviews with guests as diverse as Seth Godin and Marianne Williamson. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Ursula York of Work Alchemy. Welcome, Ursula. Thanks for joining me. It's my pleasure to be here, Joe. Thank you for, for the invitation. Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. I am uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, so in in the United States, in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. I am a business coach and consultant, and uh, I work with primarily women leaders to develop and really deeply understand their impact so that they can make a difference while they're making a profit. So I'm really interested in where this has come from, because in common with many of my guests, I don't suppose you left school and college um, saying that's what you were planning to do. <laughs> no, not at all. I uh, It actually evolved over time. I have always had a leaning towards wanting to do work that did good in the world. Um, I started off in my, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years and I've, uh, I've had four different companies. My first company was uh, in the medical realm. And that always felt like a a good contribution to people. But that kind of evolved um, when uh, 10 years ago, I sold my house and most of what I owned and uh, traveled for a year. I just felt quite restless and, and unfulfilled. There was no dramatic event or anything that precipitated it, but I just felt like I needed to shake things up. And during that time, I really honed in on the fact that that I really wanted to be doing something that was directly affecting people and their lives and how they unfold and do that in a much more direct way. And um, I really have been able to put my own business skills and expertise and all the knowledge of the the people that I've worked with over the years to to bear on helping people really create an impact with their businesses. So that I would say that nomad year, as I called it, uh, really was formative in that because it really helped me kind of hone in on this is really what I want to be doing and not just doing something that was intellectually pleasing, but 
not necessarily fulfilling in its its fullest holistic sense. Mm. And and how did that that play out? Did you did you plan to to work out your next plan whilst you were traveling or or did it sort of bubble up from the experiences? Well, it really evolved rather organically, which um, was interesting because I hadn't really previously allowed that to happen so much. Mm-hmm. I was much more of a uh, thinking person uh, primarily and, and kind of working things out and strategizing. And those are all really good things and very uh, important and a big plus to have in a business setting. But the the other element of it, the heart, the soul, the emotional aspects, all of that is really what I allowed to kind of bubble up more to the surface during that nomad time. So mm-hmm. it really helped me to uh, bring together parts of myself that I hadn't really brought into my business so much prior to that. Although, um, as anybody who's an entrepreneur knows, that is definitely part of it, uh, no matter what kind of business you have. But uh, it really is something that developed over time as I got clearer that this is the direction that I wanted to go. And then when I, I actually settled uh, here, um, in Asheville after my nomad year, I, I really got clear that this is the direction I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. um, I, I've also done work with entrepreneurs in Africa, and that also really affected me in the sense that um, it's very community oriented there. People are very, uh, if you ask them, what do you want out of your business? There's always a community element involved. Whereas in North America, at least in, in Europe, I think to some extent, people tend to think of uh, their business as something that they can do with their lives. Whereas at least in my experience with these communities in Africa, that it's very community oriented. So it's more about what can I do for the community? Mm. And that really affected my perspective. There's this concept there called Ubuntu, which is I am because you are, and it speaks to how interconnected we all are. And um, I think that my awareness of that just really expanded during the, the time I was a nomad. And since then, certainly it's just uh, blossomed and and uh, come out in various ways. So mm-hmm. um, I think all of those things really came together. I, I wish I had the dramatic, you know, sort of uh, story of, oh, I saw the light and then everything <laughs> shifted. Because I think people expect that when you make quite a significant change in your business. But really, it it's something that evolved as I allowed myself to become more fully who I am. And yeah. it's become an expression of that. Yes, yeah, interesting. It's interesting. I was um, doing some research on social enterprise this morning, um, partly um, through a conversation I had with um, Kathy Brown, who was guest on show number one and show number 150, maybe. She's been back <laughs> twice and uh, one of my best friends. And she's um, now a chief executive of a company that supports social enterprises. And uh, so then I was sort of intrigued and uh, saw a video that talked about in the UK, there's over 100,000 social enterprises and yeah. it was quite you know eye-opening to see that there are many organizations that you probably don't realize they're a social enterprise but they're giving you know 50 percent of their profits back into the the community as part of, of what they're doing and probably we don't see it most of the time which is interesting um, yeah well it doesn't surprise me at all i i think there's been really a fundamental shift in the way people are thinking about the economy and there are certainly people who still think about 
business as a profit generating machine. And they're not really thinking in those broad terms. But I think I mean, way beyond social enterprises, where uh, there are there's mo- there are movements like conscious capitalism and B Corps. These are companies that are deeply committed to having an impact, and it's not, it goes way beyond philanthrop- philanthropic contribution. This is really something that's infused and integrated into the company in every aspect. So all the way from your marketing and sales to customer service to operations that concept of impact, that commitment to impact embedded in the company makes a big difference in how you do things, even in the everyday. And that's mm-hmm. what I explore with my clients. Yes. Yeah. So, so tell us more about the concept of, of impact and what, what you mean by that when you work with your clients. Yeah. Well, it's, I've started talking about it recently in a little more, little different terms too. I, I think when you think of, uh, when I think of impact now, it's really along the lines of what's going to make our society and our environment more sustainable. So really the work that I do with people is around how do you lead a company in a way that's going to make your company part of this larger uh, movement and this larger commitment to keeping things sustainable so that we survive as a society, as uh, as people and, and the earth as well. And that's the kind of level of um, impact that I'm talking about. It's, it's not about, you know, one day a year you commit to a, um, a local nonprofit, which is wonderful as well. But this is really a, a full-fledged all the way from strategy on down approach to how can we build in in all kinds of ways sustainability within our company mm-hmm. and how do you work with with clients what what do your sort of days and and sort of activities look like well i i have a, a flagship um, program in which i work with people on really delving deep into their impact it's called the impact breakthrough and the essence of the program, the first half of it is really understanding why is this, what is the impact you want to have? Why do you want to have it? And understanding that on a really fundamental deep level. I mean, we get into ancestral stuff and um, it really goes deep for the purpose of really knowing why you're pursuing this. And that'll really help you play it out in your company. And the second half of the program is about, okay, so what does that look like in your leadership? What does this impact look like in the company that you're uh, that you're currently leading, mm. so um, that's the main way that I work with people. I also do uh, consulting projects. So if uh, folks want to have help um, in the in the implementation phase of okay, so what does our marketing look like when we're really talking about impact that deeply in in the company? What does our customer service look like? Um, those are the areas that. Um, I really, uh, the, the, the two realms that I really get involved. So coaching and consulting in this, those two main ways. And are there particular types of organizations or particular sectors where this sort of fits best? And I'm just thinking about, I work with uh, the Engage for Success movement in the UK, which is an in, uh, a voluntary movement basically around employee engagement. And we have yeah. what we call the four enablers. And one of the things we talk about is um 
organization uh, sorry is about purpose so we talk about the strategic narrative and how important it is to to get really clear as an organization about the story of you know who you are what you're doing and all that sort of stuff and why and obviously sometimes organizations sort of all say well you know we're making widgets (laughs) you know it's it's quite hard to tell that story and 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 really get people connected to it and then obviously other people are saying you know we're helping the local community which sounds much easier and then we also talk quite a lot about people like the um people who work with charities or maybe the nhs um and they're often really committed to their customer or their patient but actually not very committed to the organization you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't naturally flow that those two things you know happen together because because you know if you're with a charity you you really like helping the cause but actually the charity might have a different strategy that you don't really agree with sort of thing um so are there types of companies and sectors where this works better when you're thinking about impact or you know or does it work for everybody and have you got some examples of organizations where we might not think that it's easy to determine that but you but you have (laughs) yeah it's really not sector specific um, and it's not limited to social enterprises or nonprofits. And when I think of some examples that folks might know, one is uh, Patagonia. It's an American yeah. uh, sports apparel company. Uh, they have for many years have been really committed to impact and environmental sustainability in the production of their products, but also they're really involved in businesses getting involved in, in uh, supporting their employees um, and hiring practices, all of that is part of how they do business. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, another example I can think of is a, a building supply company. They create very unique shaped, dome-shaped uh, homes. Uh, the company's called Dell Tech. And uh, again, you know, you'd think a bunch of guys walking around with hammers and, and uh, saws mm-hmm. is not necessarily a forum for impact, but they're very committed to, uh, first of all, environmental sustainability, but also in their hiring, who they bring on board and uh, the way they conduct their their business is very much informed by the impact that they want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, I mean, there's a whole variety of companies that you've probably heard of, like Danon, for example, the yeah. yogurt company. Mm-hmm. They recently became a B Corp. Uh, B Corps are companies that are certified by an independent uh, body called uh, B Labs. They're certified in their commitment to social and environmental impact. And I'm actually, my, I'm going through this process right now with my company of becoming B Corp certified. And it's quite a rigorous process where you have to prove basically that you're doing all the things you say you're going to, mm-hmm. uh, that you're um, uh, in, the, in the ways that you're choosing to have impact, that you're, you're really doing that. So Danon has recently become a B Corp and uh, they on their level have committed to it. Um, and so, you know, we've already got three different kinds of companies you wouldn't necessarily think. And there's a fourth one, there's BlackRock, which is a, um, it's the world's largest investment management firm, basically. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, the CEO has committed to only working with companies that um, have an impact focus um, and that's financial services. So you can see it's very wide ranging and it's uh, uh, really about the commitment throughout the organization rather than uh, something that's set aside as, well, this department takes care of our 
our yeah. impact. It's it's something that's throughout the company and and every sector. Uh, there's mm. companies in the sector now. Yeah, and I, I suppose that sort of impact. I suppose I was starting with it thinking about it being impact on people or community, but it, it's mm. as you say, environment, um, the in, the industry generally you know, business, I suppose it's impact anywhere, isn't it? Negative, positive or negative, <laughs> you know, yeah. companies do make an impact. It's just turning it into a positive one, I suppose. In yes. Whichever area you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And having that intention throughout. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what makes the difference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we talked a bit about how you work with, with your clients. Um, what about your sort of personal, how you organize yourself, how you make sure you get things done and what your days look like um, for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I've i gone through many iterations of trying different things and <laughs> uh, systems and apps and all sorts of tools um, in, in uh, trying to uh, create an environment where I can be productive and creative and innovative and work really effectively with my clients. So I really, I'm not a tech person, so I don't love apps. Uh, they, to me, often feel like a barrier. So I tend to uh, keep things very simple. And my my current methodology is pretty straightforward. I One of the key things is that I plan ahead in the sense that I sit down before the week and I figure out, okay, here's what I want to get accomplished this week. And then I do that on a daily basis as well mm-hmm. and make adjustments. Um, I personally don't uh, necessarily work exactly the same hours every day. And instead I set aside blocks of time and then I decide how I use them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that the kind of thing that you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, were definitely. wondering? Definitely. So I'm interested in that. So, so, so you sort of work out what spaces you've got to do things, how much time you've got, and then work out what you're going to fill that space with. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always start my day with this morning ritual, I call it, and it's a combination of meditation, uh, journal writing. I read some inspirational kind of uh, reading of various topics. It just happens to depend what I'm reading at the time. And uh, some exercise. So I do yoga and stretching and I walk. And that, I I occasionally let that go in favor of, oh, I'm too busy, but it's always a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned and uh, it's it's just invaluable to me in maintaining my energy and my well-being. And I'm just much more even keeled and wouldn't think that those things, especially uh, like um, journaling or meditation. I mean, I know there's been so much research done on, on both of those, but, um, it always surprises me how much difference it makes when I don't do them for a day or two. I always, I always circle back and pick it up again. Isn't it interesting as well, how our brain tells us that we don't need to do it and it's not important and they're not that valuable. And and our sort of memory of the fact that they are all of those things. Right. Well, I think you reach a new equilibrium, you know, you're, you're doing it on a daily basis and then that just becomes the new normal and you you kind of stop realizing what is creating that new normal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a a wider sort of um, learning there for the whole COVID thing. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, use that phrase. <laughs> I know. I when COVID first started, I was so uh, I, I had felt so much compassion for people who had no kind of uh, morning structure or or, or mm-hmm. kind of set up for their day. I'm really grateful that I've been an entrepreneur as long as I have been because it's been from day one all about you create your own schedule and map out your time and having this morning ritual really helped keep me on an even keel. And I know, you know, so many of us have been challenged by this time has been, you know, no matter what your circumstances. So uh, yeah, I'm grateful to have all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you find that too? Do you have, do you have a morning ritual? Well, I was laughing to myself as you were describing yours and, and thinking about how often my guests say that. And I do talk about things like that and how important they are, but I'm quite, sort of vague with mine because I am um, I'm a bit of a night bird so I I don't plan work stuff to start until at least 11 <laughs> um, which gives me plenty of time to faff around <laughs> doing whatever and uh, I, I do sort of have things like I quite often do some reading and um, I don't know I indulge in a bath and things like that things that uh, most people don't do in the morning because they're normally working by nine o'clock or eight o'clock or if you're a miracle morning person five o'clock <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah there's never a sort of particular pattern or or rhyme or reason to to what I do and I keep thinking or oh, maybe I should do that but in some ways I think the fact that I don't have it is my thing yeah you know, the fact that I have that flexibility and and that sort of quietness and that opportunity to go with the flow is actually the point rather than yes with that you know it's interesting yeah that in itself is self-sustaining it really mm. Yeah, it keeps mm-hmm. your energy up. Yeah, Maybe. or even and even for me, not to, you know, never waking up to an alarm is is just brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what about other people? Do you do you work with other people in terms of outsourcing or uh, collaborating or anything uh, in your I current do. business or before? I do. Yeah. I mean, over 25 years, my business has gone through a lot of iterations. I've been all the way from working at home alone to having an office, having employees, and uh, and being in that environment all day. So it really varies, uh, and it has kind of expanded and contracted based on the needs of the businesses I was focusing on at the time. So Right now, I'm uh, I work at home, and that worked well for COVID. I I do have an outside office space in a co-working space that I go to um, periodically. Although I've hardly been there over the last year and a half mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. So, um, and I do outsource. Um, I have a, a VA, and I have several people involved in different aspects of the business. So I have someone supporting me, two people actually in uh, producing my own podcast, and I have a a website person that I call on when that help is needed. And, and my VA also helps with that and, and also with social media. So I have uh, several people that I call on. And then there are, I have a graphic designer on call for various things as well. So uh, mm-hmm. those are the main folks. And then of course, additional people as, as needed, but mm-hmm. uh, that core group has really stayed with me for years now. So it's, uh, we've got a good working relationship. Yeah. I was going to say it sounded from what you're saying that, uh, you're quite sort of used to doing that. A lot of people mm-hmm. working on their own sort of struggle with the concept either because they think they need to do it all themselves or they can't yes. find the right people or they don't know how to work with them, even if they have found the right people sort of thing. It sounds like yeah. you've honed that over the time. 
Well, yeah, I, it's it's essential if you want to scale your business. And this is something that I've coached people on quite a lot. It, it's difficult when you first start, especially because you're um, that that um, reaching the point where you're delegating things is really a watershed moment in a business where suddenly it's not just you. You can't do it all yourself. And um, sometimes what happens is people kind of wear themselves out. Uh, feeling like they can't delegate, but um, it's really worth investing in some even preliminary forays into that just to test it out and feel what it feels like to find the right person, have them take care of something for you. And when you find those people, and it may take a bit of a process, it can be uh, something that you have to experiment with. But when you find those people, it's it just it's not only liberating for your business and its growth, but it's personally liberating because you're you're not trying to do everything, and you actually have a little have some more time to live yeah. and <laughs> in your life. Yes, yeah, and uh, yeah, live more as uh, as my business name says. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, what about um, keeping yourself sort of healthy and energized to? Run your business. You you talked a bit about your sort of morning routine. What about things like um, exercise and diet and sleep and all that sort of stuff? How do you maintain your energy levels? Yeah, uh, well, exercise is absolutely vital to me. I'm not one of those hard pounding, you know, sweat like crazy in the gym people. But what I do is I walk a minimum of three miles a day, and uh, in two different uh, at two different times a day. And uh, I find it very head clearing as well as just the movement feels good. I this summer I took up pickleball, which I've become addicted to. Oh, I've so heard of I, that. <laughs> it is fun, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed racket sports, so I've played tennis and uh, over the years, and and now pickleball. So. Yeah. Um, so that has been wonderful and you get to, you know, there's a social element to that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Diet wise, I've, I've, that's been something that I've, um, I've struggled with over the years. It's only really in the last year, surprisingly over the course of COVID that I feel like I've got more of a handle on that uh, because I like to eat. I love great food and uh, being uh, in in the pandemic, and uh, in my case, uh, you know, just trying to deal with the things that came up in my situation, food has always been comforting. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've recently adopted a vegan, primarily vegan diet, and mm-hmm. I found that makes an enormous difference in my energy level. So, I'm not I'm never going to be a, a you know sort of uh, proselytizing advocate for it. I can just share my experience where it's been very positive and uh, there's actually so many wonderful options now. It, it's not the kind of uh, graveyard of good food that, <laughs> that it used to be. <laughs> what well, I find uh, interesting is I, I don't eat gluten and uh, because vegan uh-huh. food is becoming more and more popular, I find yeah. so often that I go somewhere and I say gluten-free and then all that's available is vegan. Um, right gluten-free and it's like it's like you know i do eat all the things that vegans don't eat i just don't eat gluten right right i know it's kind of enforced enforced veganism yeah exactly it's almost like um if you're gonna if you're gonna be awkward you need to like be all awkward together it seems to be the restaurant's attitude right yeah well i i guess i've i've for years felt like i would like to 
to be vegan, but I just could never quite bring myself to give up ribs and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But I, but now that I've actually tried it uh, for several months on end, I, it's quite manageable and I don't really miss it. And when I do miss it, I'll just, I don't judge myself. I just go and have a burger or something. <laughs> if that's what yeah. I feel called to. Yes. Yeah. I used to work with someone years ago who uh, uh, was vegetarian and used to tell me that occasionally he'd go and have a burger just also, yeah. you know just to sort of um you know stop that that uh, issue <laughs> right. well, it's all about yeah it's all about what the body needs and yes. sometimes that's that seems to be animal protein in my case so yes yeah, yeah yeah and what about um learning and improving and sort of keeping yourself developing how do you do that oh wow that is such a vital part to me of not just business, but life. Um, I'm an inveterate learner. I'm very curious and I just love, I love learning. Yes. Things. So um, pre-COVID, I would make a point of going to one or two, at least one or two conferences a year or gatherings of some kind, partly for the learning and partly for the community aspect and the learning in that. Yeah. Um, I take, uh, I do online courses kind of more on an as needed basis or whatever I'm curious about. Um, and uh, I belong to a business mastermind and there's always a lot of great learning in that as well. So, um, and I've, I've run masterminds in my, among my clients too. I think they're a wonderful forum for, for learning. Yeah. And it's a great way to connect with other entrepreneurs too. And what sort of formats is the mastermind? It's uh well, the, the particular, I've been in several masterminds now. The, the particular one right now is it's partially structured learning as in here's a topic and here's a presentation about it and then uh, an active kind of workshopping aspect yeah. and then Q&A uh, kind of conversations where everyone has an opportunity to comment. So you get everybody's views on you know, someone will come in and say, I'm having this particular issue in my business right now. I'm, I'm uh, really struggling with how to clarify my marketing message around yeah. impact. And um, then we'll do some coaching around it and other people will, will bring in their, uh, their point of view. So uh, it's great to, to get everybody's input. There's mm -hmm. always different perspectives. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. So last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days where it goes horribly wrong? <laughs> what do you do then? <laughs> well, um, I think for me, uh, the days that feel like they're heading that way, I try to head that off at the pass. Um, I think it, it has served me well to really pay attention to how things are evolving and how my inner dialogue is evolving around it. And I find that when I can shift my internal perspective, everything looks different. And yes. so uh, that is uh, really crucial to me that I'm, first of all, paying attention to what's going on uh, within myself and uh, then find ways to sort of break that pattern and shift it. And various ways I do that. Sometimes I'll get up and go for a walk. I'll do something totally different. I'll talk to someone and kind of work it through a little bit. Um, it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing that, that helps me shift. And I find also that the refocusing myself around the impact that I want to have, which is 
helping uh, women leaders have the impact they want to have, it really helps clarify things for me and helps gets me back, get me mm-hmm. back on track. But I think that interrupting a, a road that you know is not good <laughs> and <laughs> really bringing yourself back is, uh, is really crucial. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. been crucial for me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And what about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I describe it as having uh, getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Mm, wow. I love those days. Um, there's an energy that flows in, in me and in the interactions I'm having. There's um, I come up with more creative ideas. I'm more engaged. I'm um, more innovative. And um, that's always what I'm aiming for when I'm doing that sort of breaking the pattern of thinking. So, um, and it's it's more productive. I can just get a lot more done and then set it aside and go off and do personal things, which is uh, which is really great rather than having it linger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Esther. It's been great interviewing you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Sure. Um, Well, the best place to reach out to me is uh, through the website, workalchemy.com. And uh, there's a number of resources on that site as well. Uh, A lot of uh, great articles and uh, my own podcast about where I interview leaders and and entrepreneurs around their impact and and uh, how they manage um, uh, what they're doing. Um, there's also I'm also on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So you're welcome to reach out to me there as well. Lovely, thanks, Ursula. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you stuck and not getting stuff done? Do you wish you were more organised and had more time to live more? Consider joining the Power to Live More Calm Gold membership to support you in running your home-based coaching or consulting business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generating and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists and planners to keep you motivated, organised and productive. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm Gold membership. Use the code MYONETRIAL to get the first month for £1 and it's just £37 a month after that with no obligation to stick around. You can cancel any time. All this information is available in the show notes. You can go to the app where you're listening to the podcast on, or you can go to our website, which is powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 238. And just to let you know, I'm running my back to school theme this month in December. You can go to powertolivemore.com forward slash back to school to sign up if you'd like to get a daily email with a small task for you to complete to help you to organise your files and declutter your digital stuff on your computer the week the month is divided into four weeks you've got email management in the first week file management in the second week processes in the third week and automation in the fourth week and you don't have to do everything every day or all during the month of december you can always revisit that content at any time because it's evergreen so uh, if you want to join up to get the daily emails and get the list of the posts that have already been shared, then just go to powertolivemore.com forward slash back to school. So this is all about getting ready for back to work, in fact, not school, in January. And uh, you can sign up there.
Again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 238. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more. 